The Bible is such an interesting book. It is full of true stories, isn't it? Of course, the whole Bible is about God and how He has made a way for us to be with Him forever, and that's the most important part. Now, at other times, I've told you a lot of the true stories from the Bible, haven't I? But sometimes it's hard to remember all of those stories and just what order they come in, isn't it? So I thought that today it would be fun just to quickly go over the stories and some of the names so that we can more easily remember them in order. After all, they are all part of God's Word, the Bible, aren't they? And the whole Bible is pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? Both to the first time when He came to die for our sins, and to the second time when He will come again as King of the whole earth, too. So let's go over it all again very quickly, all right? I think you will enjoy this. But first, remember, the Bible is divided into two big parts. And do you remember what we call those two big parts? Yes, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament tells about when God first created the earth and the oceans and the sky and everything in them. And then the Old Testament goes on and tells about the time before Jesus came to earth. The Old Testament covers a very long time, about 4,000 years. After that comes the New Testament, and the New Testament covers a very short time, only about 100 years, and tells about the time when Jesus came to earth, starting from when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Then it tells about when Jesus was on earth, how he died for us, was alive again, and then what his apostles did after Jesus went back to heaven. So let's begin now with the Old Testament and quickly talk about some of the stories and people in the Bible. Let's start at the very beginning. First, we talked about when God created the heavens and the earth, everything, doing it all in six days. Now, who was the very first human being? Yes, the first man was Adam and then his wife, Eve. The Lord God made them, just like he had made everything else, and he put them into the Garden of Eden. Then we talked about the Garden of Eden and the Tree of Life in the Garden of Eden. But then the snake tricked Eve, didn't he? And Adam and Eve disobeyed. They sinned by eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the one tree in that big garden that the Lord had told them to leave alone. So then Adam and Eve had to leave the Garden of Eden so that they couldn't eat from the Tree of Life, didn't they? But God promised that someday one of their descendants would overcome the snake. That is, of course, talking about when Jesus will overcome the devil. You remember all of that, don't you? Well, then Adam and Eve had many children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And then after many, many years, way over a thousand years, just about everyone had become wicked except a man named Noah. So do you remember what the Lord God did about all of that wickedness? Yes, the Lord sent the big flood. But first, God had Noah build an ark, didn't he? 
a big boat, and Noah and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives and animals went into the ark. And God sent the big flood which wiped the earth all clean again. Yes, the Lord washed the whole world clean again with a big flood, but he saved Noah and his family and the animals in the ark. And you remember all of that, don't you? Well, after the flood, a lot of people were born. And about 400 years after the flood, Abraham was born. You remember Abraham, don't you? God made a covenant with Abraham and said he'd be with Abraham and Abraham's descendants and that they would be his special people and that one of his descendants would be a blessing to all the nations of the world. Of course, that is talking about Jesus, isn't it? Well, Abraham had a son named Isaac, and Isaac had a son named Jacob. And the Lord made the same covenant with Isaac and Jacob. The Lord gave Jacob another name, too. Do you remember what that other name was? Yes, Jacob's other name was Israel. Well, Jacob had twelve sons. There were Judah and Levi and Joseph and Benjamin and the others. And all of Jacob's descendants became known as the children of Israel, Jacob's other name. Today we call the children of Israel Jews. Now there was Joseph, one of Jacob's sons. Well, Joseph's brothers were jealous of Joseph, and the brothers sold Joseph to be a slave into Egypt. But then Joseph became very important in Egypt, didn't he? And when the famine came, Jacob and his family all moved to Egypt, where Joseph took care of them. You remember about that, don't you? And Jacob prophesied that someday one of Jacob's sons, Judah, one of his descendants, would be a very special king of the whole world, one of Judah's descendants. Of course, that means Jesus, doesn't it? Then some years after Joseph and his brothers were dead, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, made the children of Israel to be slaves. But then who led the children of Israel out of Egypt? Do you remember? Yes, the Lord sent Moses and his brother Aaron to lead the Jews, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. By then there were many, many of the children of Israel, thousands and thousands of them. There were twelve tribes that made up the children of Israel. The tribes were named after Jacob's twelve sons, the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe of Levi, and so on. Well, after Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, they were in the wilderness for forty years. And the Lord gave his law to Moses and told Moses to teach it to the children of Israel so that they would know how to be good and how to properly worship the Lord. Part of this law tells about the special feasts that the Lord wanted the Jews to have, special feasts to remember and honor the Lord God. Do you remember what some of those feasts were? Yes, Passover was one of those feasts. We've talked a lot about Passover before, haven't we? Passover was to remember that at the very last plague, before the children of Israel left Egypt, that the Lord passed over the houses that had the blood of a lamb around on their doorposts as the Lord had commanded them. 
and no one inside that house died that night. We know that this was also a picture prophecy of when Jesus, who is called the Lamb of God, would die for our sins, and we are saved from our sins by his blood if we believe in him, aren't we? We know that Jesus died for us because he loves us. And the Feast of Tabernacles was another of those feasts the Lord gave to the children of Israel, wasn't it? In the Feast of Tabernacles, they were to remember that during the forty years that the Lord had led them in the wilderness, that they had lived in tabernacles. Remember, tabernacle means tent, doesn't it? They had lived in tents. And the children of Israel had been given food by the Lord. What was that food that God gave them in the wilderness? Do you remember? Yes, it was manna. And God had fed and taken care of the children of Israel and protected them for the whole forty years. And the Lord had led them during all of this time by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. God was with them all of that time. And the Feast of Tabernacles was to remember that time. So each year these special feasts, these special times of worship were to be held. And the Jews still have these special feasts even now. Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles and the other special times. All of these times are special times of celebration and remembering the Lord's goodness and of worshiping the Lord. Celebrations can be special times of worship too, can't they? Just like we now have celebrations at Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter, and these are special times of having a good time and lots of good food, but also special times of worshiping the Lord. But another thing that the Lord had Moses do was to build the beautiful tabernacle. You remember about the tabernacle, don't you? It was a special tent that was used in the worship of the Lord God, and the Jews carried this beautiful tabernacle around with them all through the forty years in the wilderness. And Moses prophesied about a great prophet who would someday come that they were to listen to. Of course, that great prophet is Jesus, isn't he? Then, after Moses died, who became the next leader of the children of Israel? Do you remember? Yes, it was Joshua. And Joshua led them into the promised land of Canaan. And the Lord helped them conquer the land of Canaan. And they lived there then, didn't they? And they still had the tabernacle. Well, at first the Lord was their only king, though they couldn't see him, of course. And they had judges like Gideon and Ehud and Samson. And Ruth, David's great-grandmother, lived at that time, too. But then later, the people wanted a man to be their king, someone they could see. So who was their first king? Do you remember? Yes, it was Saul. Saul became the first king of the Jews. But then who was the next king? That's right. The next king was David, wasn't he? This is the same David who had been a shepherd and who had killed the giant Goliath with his sling. And David was descended from Jacob's son Judah. David was a good king, and God told David that his descendants would be kings and that someday one of his descendants would sit on his throne forever. Who will that be who will someday sit on David's throne forever? Yes, the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. Jesus is a great, 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 great grandson of David through his mother Mary, isn't he? 
and someday he will be king of everyone and everywhere and will sit on David's throne forever. But that hasn't happened yet. It won't happen until after the Lord Jesus comes back to earth again. But let's see now. We were talking about King David who lived thousands of years ago, weren't we? Well, King David wanted to build a temple to the Lord. But did God let David build a temple? No. Instead, the Lord told David that his son Solomon would build a temple. So when Solomon became king, Solomon built a beautiful temple in Jerusalem for the Lord, and they didn't need the tabernacle anymore. Remember, Jerusalem is the city that the Lord said was his city, that he had put his name there. We can't see God's name written there on the city, of course, but Jerusalem is very special to the Lord. And the Jews all would go there to the temple that Solomon had built in Jerusalem to offer sacrifices to the Lord and to worship the Lord. And they would have their special days there at the temple in Jerusalem too, Passover, the Feast of Tabernacles, and the other special times that the Lord had told them to celebrate. But Solomon, who was very wise, became very foolish, and he began worshiping idols. Imagine that! So when Solomon got old and died, and his son Rehoboam became king, the Lord took ten of the twelve tribes of the Jews away from Solomon's son Rehoboam and let a man named Jeroboam be king over the ten tribes. Yes, then the Jewish kingdom was divided into two kingdoms, wasn't it? Do you remember the names of those two kingdoms? That's right, Judah and Israel. Rehoboam's two tribes were called the kingdom of Judah, and Jeroboam's ten tribes were called the kingdom of Israel. There were no good kings over the ten tribes, the kingdom of Israel at all. All of them worshipped idols. The worst one was the wicked king Ahab, who had a wicked wife, Jezebel. We've talked about Ahab at another time, haven't we? Well, the Lord sent many prophets to the kingdom of Israel. There were the prophets Elijah and Elisha and Jonah and others. These prophets warned Israel and warned Israel. Stop worshiping idols, they warned. Stop being wicked. But Israel kept on worshiping idols and being wicked in other ways, too. So finally, the Lord let the Assyrians come and carry the people of the kingdom of Israel away as captives. This was their punishment for worshiping idols and for the other wicked things they had been doing. But in the meantime, what about the kingdom of Judah? Did the kingdom of Judah have any good kings? Yes, some were good, but some were bad. And all of the kings of Judah were descended from David, weren't they? Well, then the kingdom of Judah became very wicked too, worshiping idols. But one of the good kings was named Josiah, and Josiah destroyed all of the idols. But then later, after Josiah died, they had idols again. And the Lord sent the kingdom of Judah lots of prophets to warn them, too. He sent Isaiah and Micah and Jeremiah and others. Stop worshiping idols and being so wicked, they warned the kingdom of Judah. 
Remember what happened to the kingdom of Israel. But the people of the kingdom of Judah kept on worshiping idols and being wicked. So finally, the Lord let Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, come and conquer the kingdom of Judah. And then Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Jerusalem, knocking it all down and burning it, didn't he? But what did Nebuchadnezzar do about the beautiful temple of God that Solomon had built so many years before? Do you remember? Yes, Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple of God too, didn't he? He knocked it all down too. And Nebuchadnezzar carried the people of the kingdom of Judah away as captives to Babylon. Four of these captives were Daniel and his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember them, don't you? And Daniel became a great prophet in Babylon. Later, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace, but the Lord rescued them. Another time, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, but the Lord protected Daniel. You remember those true stories, don't you? And Daniel, like Isaiah and Micah and other prophets, also prophesied about when Jesus would come. Another of the men who was carried away captive was Ezekiel, who was a great prophet too. And Ezekiel prophesied about an even more beautiful temple than the temple Solomon had built. Ezekiel prophesied that this other temple would someday be built in Jerusalem. It would be very, very large and very, very beautiful. In fact, Ezekiel uses eight chapters in the Bible to tell about this temple that would be built someday. It hasn't been built yet, but God's prophecies always come true, don't they? So we know that someday the great, big, beautiful temple Ezekiel told about will be built, don't we? Well, a little later, when Daniel was still alive but was an old man, a little later the Medes and Persians conquered the Babylonians and then the Medes and Persians ruled the Jews in Babylon. Now, did the Jews ever get to go back to the land of Judah and Israel and to the city of Jerusalem? Yes. Remember that 70 years after Nebuchadnezzar carried them away as captives, then the Persian king Cyrus let them go back at the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. This fulfilled prophecies that Isaiah and Jeremiah had made many years before. King Cyrus said that as many Jews as wanted to could go back and rebuild the city of Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Ezra led some of the Jews back, and later Nehemiah led some more back. So the children of Israel rebuilt the city of Jerusalem, and they rebuilt the temple. This new temple wasn't as beautiful as the temple that Solomon had built, but that Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed. And this new temple wasn't the big, magnificent temple that Ezekiel had prophesied about either. It was a small temple, but it was the temple of the Lord God, and it was there in Jerusalem, and the Jews worshipped the Lord God there and offered sacrifices to him there. Well, the Persians were ruling the world then. And one of their kings was Ahasuerus, who married the beautiful Jewish girl Esther. You remember Esther, don't you? And when the wicked man Haman wanted to kill all the Jews, Queen Esther was able to save them and have Haman killed instead. That's all pretty exciting, isn't it? 
And that very, very quickly covers the whole time of the Old Testament, the about 4,000 years before Jesus came to earth. Did you enjoy that? Good, but now let's go on. The Bible doesn't tell a lot about it, but from history we know that many years went by after that, and later the Greeks, led by Alexander the Great, the Greeks conquered the Persians and were the rulers of the land of Israel and ruled the Jews. Then after that, the Romans conquered the Greeks, so then the Romans were the rulers of the land of Israel and ruled the Jews. And there wasn't a Jewish king of the Jews. In fact, there hasn't been a Jewish king of the Jews since the Jews were conquered by Nebuchadnezzar. Now, under the Romans, there was a man who was a king of Israel, but he wasn't a Jew. This was the wicked king Herod, the king who later tried to kill the baby Jesus. But Herod liked to have beautiful buildings built. So Herod rebuilt the temple of God in Jerusalem even more. He made the Lord's temple in Jerusalem to be very big and beautiful. But this still wasn't as big and as magnificent as the temple that Ezekiel had prophesied about. That still hasn't been built yet. Then remember, while Herod was still king of Jerusalem, the Son of God, Jesus, was born in Bethlehem. And that's where the New Testament starts, isn't it? Yes, the New Testament starts when Jesus was born and came to earth. Remember, Jesus is God the Son. But why did God the Father send Jesus to earth? That's right. Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth as a human to make a way for us to be able to go to heaven and be with him someday. Do you remember the name of Jesus' mother? Yes, it was Mary. And Mary was a descendant of Abraham and of Judah and of King David, wasn't she? So that made her son Jesus a Jew, a descendant of Abraham and of Judah and of King David too, just as God had prophesied. And Mary's husband was Joseph, and Jesus had a cousin named John the Baptist who told people that their Savior, that's Jesus, of course, that their Savior was going to be coming. Well, Jesus grew up, and he preached about the kingdom of God and did many miracles. And Jesus chose twelve apostles, twelve men who would be special to him. There were Peter and James and John and nine others. One of them was Judas, and he was the one who would betray Jesus. But that was part of God's plan, too. So finally, after Judas betrayed Jesus at Passover, the wicked people put Jesus on a cross, and he died there. Now, had Jesus ever done any sins himself at all? No, not even one. So when Jesus died on the cross, he was dying for our sins, wasn't he? But did Jesus stay dead? No. What happened three days later, do you remember? Yes, after three days, Jesus was alive again. He was resurrected. All of this was just as God's prophets had said would happen. Jesus was alive, and his friends saw him, and he was with them for 40 days, and hundreds of people saw Jesus alive. 
Now remember, the Lord had promised King David that someday one of his descendants would sit on David's throne forever, hadn't he? So the Jews knew that they would have a king again someday with a kingdom again. And in the New Testament, at the very beginning of the book of Acts, after Jesus had been raised from the dead and just before he went back to heaven, one day Jesus and his disciples went out to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples asked Jesus, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Do you remember what Jesus answered them? Jesus said, It isn't for you to know the times or the seasons. The Father has power over that. In other words, God knows exactly when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be coming back to be king and when his kingdom is going to be set up with its center in Jerusalem. But we don't. We don't know. And after Jesus told his disciples that, do you remember what happened then? Yes. He started going up from the Mount of Olives right up into the sky, didn't he? His disciples watched Jesus as he went up into the sky, went up into heaven, until the clouds covered him and they couldn't see him anymore. And suddenly, two angels were there with them, and the angels told the disciples, Jesus will come again, just like you've seen him go up into heaven. You remember all of that, don't you? Well, after the resurrected Jesus went back up to heaven, then his disciples started telling people about him. The apostles Peter and James and John and others went all over performing miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit and teaching people about how Jesus had died for their sins and had then been resurrected, that they had seen him, and that he would come back again as king of everyone and everything. And they began telling everyone this good news, this gospel, how they could someday be able to go to heaven to be with Jesus if they just trusted Jesus to save them from their sins. And they told how all of this was a fulfillment of many prophecies. A few years later, a man named Paul became an apostle too, and he told many more people about the Lord Jesus. And the apostle Paul started many churches. We read about this in the book of Acts in the Bible. Now, I don't think I've told you this before, since we don't read about it in the history given in the Bible, but from other history, we know that only about 40 years after Jesus went back to heaven, that there was a big rebellion in Jerusalem. The Jews rebelled against the Romans who were still ruling them, and the Romans came to stop the rebellion. Well, the fighting between the Romans and the Jews became so bad that the temple of God that Herod had built was destroyed. Yes, it was all knocked down and burned, and all of the gold things were carried away by the Romans, and nobody knows where they are now. And there is no temple of God in Jerusalem at all now. And there hasn't been a temple of God in Jerusalem for about 2,000 years. The only thing left of the temple of God was a part of the wall that had been around the temple. And that part of the wall is still there today. It is called the Wailing Wall, and Jews today will often go there to pray. But let's get back to the stories in the Bible. You see, the stories in the Bible don't end there with the apostles going around everywhere telling people about the Lord Jesus and how he died for our sins and was resurrected. 
The Bible also goes on to tell us that someday there will be a temple built to God in Jerusalem again, and the Jews will again have sacrifices in that temple. But this still won't be the big, beautiful temple that Ezekiel told us about either. But then the Bible says that then a very wicked man called the Beast will stop the sacrifices and try to get everyone to worship him, and that then there will be an image to the beast set up in the temple of God in Jerusalem. Imagine that! How wicked! But then, three and a half years after that happens, the Lord Jesus will come back from heaven to the earth again, and this time he won't come as a little baby. No, this time he will come as a king with a crown. Yes, the Lord Jesus will come charging out of heaven on a white horse on the clouds of heaven. God's trumpets will be blaring and there will be great shoutings. And the Lord Jesus will bring with him all the saints, all the believers from all time. And they will all get resurrected bodies that will never get sick or die again. This is called the first resurrection. And the Lord Jesus will destroy wicked people and the evil man called the beast will be thrown into the lake of fire forever. And then all of the Jews will trust in Jesus as their Messiah and Savior, and the Lord Jesus will then set up his kingdom, and he will reign for 1,000 years. And at the beginning of the 1,000 years, an angel will lock up Satan, the devil, in the bottomless pit for the 1,000 years, and there will be great peace all over the world during this time. And then finally, this will be the time that the enormous, beautiful temple that the prophet Ezekiel had prophesied about will be built. God's prophecies always come true, don't they? And the Feast of Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles that we talked about earlier will be celebrated there in Jerusalem at this temple. The prophets Ezekiel and Zechariah tell about that. And then not just Jews— but people from all over the world will come to worship the Lord God in Jerusalem. This will be a wonderful time of worship. I'll tell you more about this another time. Well, after the thousand years is over, Satan will be let out of the bottomless pit for a little while, and there will be a rebellion by some bad people. But the Lord Jesus will destroy the rebellion, and Satan, the devil, will be thrown into the lake of fire where the beast is, and he will have to stay there forever. He'll never be able to deceive or make trouble for people ever again. Aren't you glad? Then there will be God on a great white throne, and there will be the second resurrection, where everyone who had not believed in Jesus will be raised from the dead, and God will be the judge, and everyone who had not trusted in Jesus to save them will be punished and not be able to be with the Lord. But those who had trusted in the Lord Jesus will be able to be with the Lord forever. Then, in the very last two chapters of the Bible, it tells us that after that judgment, the Lord will make the heavens and the earth to be like new again, a new heavens and new earth, and the new Jerusalem will come down from heaven. I'll tell you more about this another time, too. Yes, it will be a great big beautiful city made out of a special gold with jewels in its foundations and big pearls for gates. 
and the street will be made out of special gold, and the Lord God will have his throne there. But there will be no temple there at all in the new Jerusalem, because the Lord God Almighty and Jesus Christ themselves will be there. There will be no need for a temple with God himself there, and there will be a crystal clear river coming out of the throne of God. And remember the tree of life that had been in the Garden of Eden? Well, there beside that river that comes out of the throne of God in the New Jerusalem, the tree of life will grow, and the Lord Jesus will be the king there forever. He will be this king that had been promised to Adam and Eve and to Abraham and Judah and David. God always keeps his promises, doesn't he? And all believers will be with him forever. And there will never, ever again be anything sad or bad happening. And that is the end of the stories in the Bible and the end of the Bible itself, which tells us about forever and ever. Wow! Okay, so what have we talked about today? A lot of things, right? And we've talked about a lot of people and happenings in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, haven't we? I've also told you about these people and these happenings at other times too, haven't I? So let's very quickly go over the names of the people again. In the Old Testament, there were Adam and Eve, then Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, then Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob's twelve sons, Judah and Levi and Joseph and the others, then Moses and Aaron, after that was Joshua, and then the other judges like Samson and Ehud and Gideon and Deborah, and that's also when Ruth lived. Then came the kings, Saul and David and David's son Solomon. Then Rehoboam, Solomon's son, who became king of the two tribes called Judah, and Jeroboam, who became king of the ten tribes called Israel. The kingdom of Israel had all bad kings, and Ahab was the worst. And the Lord sent Israel many prophets, like Elijah and Elisha and Jonah, until finally Israel became so bad that the Assyrians carried the kingdom of Israel away captive. But in the kingdom of Judah there were some good kings and some bad kings. Josiah was a very good king. But when the kingdom of Judah was bad, the Lord sent them many prophets too, like Isaiah and Micah and Jeremiah. Finally, though, the kingdom of Judah became so bad that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, carried the kingdom of Judah away as captives. Some of those captives were Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Ezekiel. Finally, after 70 years, the Persian king Cyrus said they could go back to Jerusalem, and Ezra and Nehemiah led many of the Jews back to the land of Judah. Esther was the wife of one of the Persian kings. Those people were all told about in the Old Testament, weren't they? Then, of course, in the New Testament, we have the Lord Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead, and Mary and Joseph, and we have John the Baptist, and Jesus' special disciples like Peter, James, and John, and then Paul. 
Then at the very end of the New Testament, it tells about how someday the Lord Jesus will come back. There will be the first resurrection, and Jesus will be king on earth for a thousand years, and how that after that thousand years, the devil will be thrown into the lake of fire where he'll have to stay forever. And then there will be the second resurrection. Then God will make the heavens and earth like new again. And then will come the forever and ever part. And there will never again be anything bad or sad for believers in the Lord Jesus. And the Lord will be the king of everything and everyone forever and ever. Phew! Those are a lot of people and events that the Bible tells us about, aren't they? Some of them happened a long time ago. But some of them haven't happened yet, have they? But how do we know that they will happen? How do we know that the Lord Jesus will come back again, that we will be resurrected, that the devil will be thrown in the lake of fire forever, and that there will be the new heavens, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, where we can live forever with the Lord Jesus as our King? How do we know these? Well, remember all of the other promises that God made in the Bible? Those promises, those prophecies all came true, didn't they? They all happened. I've told you about many of those promises at other times, haven't I? When God told Noah there would be a flood, but that Noah and his family would be safe, that happened, didn't it? Yes, the flood came, but Noah and his family were safe in the ark. And when God told Abraham and Sarah that they would have a son even though they were too old to have children anymore, they had a son Isaac, didn't they? And when God told the shepherd boy David that he was going to be the king of the Jews, after a while, David became the king of the Jews, didn't he? And when God told Daniel that Nebuchadnezzar would go crazy and be like an animal for seven years, Nebuchadnezzar went crazy and was like an animal for seven years, wasn't he? Remember, I told you about that another time when we talked about Daniel, didn't I? And when God told that the Messiah, the Christ, would be born of Bethlehem and die for our sins and be resurrected, that all happened, didn't it? All of those things that God said would happen really did happen, exactly as he had said, didn't they? And there were many, many more prophecies that God gave that we can read about in the Bible that were all fulfilled, that all came true during that time. They really happened just as God had said they would. The Lord kept all of those promises, didn't he? So, we can trust him to keep his promises about what is going to happen someday, but hasn't happened yet too, can't we? We can know that the Lord Jesus is going to come back again someday, and that we really will be able to be with the Lord in the Jew Jerusalem forever and ever. The Lord always keeps his promises. Of course, the most important thing in the Bible is what it tells us about the Lord Jesus Christ, because Jesus is the one who saves us from our sins. But how can Jesus save us from our sins? That is the most important thing in the whole Bible to know, isn't it? In fact, it's the most important thing in the whole world. We need to remember that God the Father loved the world so much that he sent us his Son. Remember, Jesus was a man, but he was also God. Jesus had been God the Son in heaven before he came to earth as a baby. 
And what was the reason that Jesus came to earth as a human? Yes, it was so that he could make a way for us to be with God forever someday. You see, we are all sinners. I'm a sinner, and so is everyone else. We all do bad things, even when we don't mean to, don't we? And because we are sinners, we shouldn't be able to be with God, who is righteous, should we? But God loves us so much that God the Father sent God the Son, Jesus, to earth. Yes, Jesus came to earth to make a way for us to be with God forever. But how could he do that? Well, Jesus never, ever did any sins, not even one, right? But he was put on a cross and died there to save us from our sins, and he took the punishment for our sins, and he rose from the dead and was resurrected three days later. This proved that he was our Savior. Now, wasn't that very kind and loving of the Lord Jesus to make the way to save us from our sins? And how are we saved from our sins? Why, all we have to do is ask the Lord Jesus to forgive our sins and to trust him to save us, and he will. He has promised that, and God always keeps his promises, right? And then when he comes back someday, we'll be with him forever and ever. I've done that, trusted him. Have you? I hope this time together has helped you to remember some of the stories and names in the Bible and to remember them in order. Also, I hope it has reminded you of how much God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ love us and how we can be with him forever.